Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Morning and welcome to Southridge. We're excited to see each and every one of you here. Thank you so much for being our guest here. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want to be the first one to welcome you. My name is Micaiah. I'm the pastor here at Southridge, and we have a great service in store for you. Uh, The first service was all right, but this is where the crowd is real because you guys are awake. (laughs) You know, this is this is the real crowd right here, and uh, or you're the crowd that just likes that extra beauty rest. Not that you need it. But uh, we're glad that you are here. If you are a first-time guest, I want to welcome you. On your way in, you should have received a little packet look like this. In this packet, there's a card. It's called the Connection Card. And we'd love for you at any point in the service to fill out that card. And at the end of the service, when we receive the offering, we would love for you to drop that card in the offering basket. Our leaders would love to follow up with you, send you a gift card, stay connected with you. So if you at some point in the service just fill that out, and maybe at the end of the service you say, I gave my life to Christ during that service. Let us know on that card. Uh, maybe you say, hey, I need prayer. Life's been tough. Well, just let us know on that card. Uh, maybe you say, hey, I want to get baptized. I've received Christ, but I didn't take that next step. You can do all that with this card. So this is the way we stay connected with you. And uh, fill that card out. Drop it in at the end of the service so we have a record of your attendance and we can stay connected with you. But we're excited today because even though today's a little bit of a setback, Uh, We walked in today and a bunch of stuff was stolen. So, you know, it's just, it's easy to see uh, Satan trying to work. But I was reminded quickly, I had to get by myself for a few minutes because literally two weeks ago, somebody stole a bunch of stuff. And I guess they couldn't carry it all the first trip around. And I guess we don't know how to put things away, apparently. Uh, So they came back to finish this off. And so we came in, a bunch more stuff stolen. And immediately I was like, I need to go pray. And God God brought a scripture to my mind out of Numbers chapter number 13. It's where the children of Israel, they go in to spy out the land of Israel. And Joshua and Caleb said, hey, when they came back, they said, you know what we saw? We saw a land flown with milk and honey. This is a good land. But there was 10 other spies. In verse 30, it says this. They said, oh, yeah, the milk and honey was there. But did you not see the giants? The sons of Anak were there. And we in their sight looked like grasshoppers. And the Bible says that they stole the hearts of the people so they didn't go into the promised land because of something. You see, my focus is either my greatest ally or adversary when it comes to my faith. What I choose to focus on is either my ally or my adversary. I can focus on everything that's missing. I can focus on all the bad stuff, or I can say God is still good. He's still on the throne. It's okay. Maybe that thief needed a new uh, drum brain and needed all our mics. Doesn't have anything to plug it into, but maybe he just needed it. And I can focus on that God is in charge, that he's ruling reigning. Because here's the thing. Life never goes perfect. You could be in the happiest place on earth. And this week I was in the supposed happiest place on earth. Can I tell you, there's a whole lot of broke, unhappy parents at Disneyland. There's a whole lot of them. But yet, even in spite of all of that, we can say, I'm going to focus on God, and it's going to turn out all right, because all things work together for good. All things. And so we're going to believe in that. So we are glad that you are here this morning. It's going to be a great service. we got a special guest, a dear friend, uh, Pastor Port Wilburn, and his wife, Marcella. And I pronounced it wrong in the first service. Excuse me for doing that. No, no. You would think a guy with a name like Micaiah would be a stickler about getting names right. Apparently, I need to work on it 
more. And then their uh, soon-to-be NBA star son is in the service. Uh, and I'm telling you, get his autograph now. I follow him on social media. And so this guy's a star in the making. So I'm going to get his autograph after the service before he's too famous, too good, and he doesn't want to play for the Warriors, wants to go somewhere else. Hopefully not the Lakers or the Clippers. Then I may have to disown your father and sever that relationship, you know. So, yeah, oh, okay, get him out of high school. But uh, uh, there we go. But here's the thing. We're so blessed to have Pastor Port. We're a part of an association of churches in the Bay Area. Now I believe it's called Bridges Bay Area Association. And he's the director. Good friend, encouragement, mentor. He and his wife travel the country. They speak. They've got five kids. Five. Uh, and they've done a great job raising him. And so, Pastor Port, would you come and deliver the word? Can we, as he's coming, can we thank him for being here this morning? Appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor. Amen, Southridge. Amen. Amen. I, I came in today, Makai <clears throat> and Makai said, um, you guys have lost some equipment. I said, that's all right, it's time for upgrade. <laughs> So, so in, in, as you give today, <laughs> take that into consideration. Amen. But God is, God is good. It's always awesome to be here. And um, if you guys have not seen me, I, I make my appearances every now and again. Uh, I think our first time you guys were in the big campus. No, actually, before you got to that, was it a, a skating rink? It used to be a skating rink or something. It was before then. But anyway, the, the journey has been awesome. You guys own land now, amen, glory to God. There's a children of Israel that promised land. I mean, you gotta circle around for a little bit till the Lord leads you where you need to be. And now you are literally here on the South Ridge of San Jose, amen. So God is good and uh, Angel, I don't, hopefully I don't disappoint you. You know, uh, I'm a little ADD. So what you heard the first service, no guarantees you're gonna hear this service, all right? So <laughs> my wife was like, you remember what you said, right? And I'm like, Lord was speaking in here. I'm sure he's going to speak here again. Uh, <laughs> the, the framework will be there, right? You know, but the words, it was, I mean, I was, I, I try to be inspired with, you know, what God is doing and what God is saying. And even uh, with what Micaiah spoke about with the children of Israel, what are you going to focus on? What are you going to focus on? That's such a powerful thing. And it has everything to do with faith, right? God can lead you to a place of promise. And in that place of promise, there's going to be obstacles. But what are you going to focus on, the obstacles or the promise? God has a promise for all of us. What are you going to focus on? And then some people are just negative. They're going to focus. They're always going to do that. Folks, don't be that person. Don't be as God's people. That's the thing that separates God's people. It's faith. Is what you're believing in, what you hope in, who you hope in, who you believe in. Some, some Christians are practical atheists because they really don't believe who God is and what he has said. And you may say, well, there are obstacles. So there's obstacles. That's life. Jesus said in this world, you will have troubles, but to take heart. For he has overcome the world, and therefore, if he has overcome, you have overcome. If you believe, he can say it all day. He actually wrote it down for us so we don't forget. But do you believe it? Belief is, is, is essence, it's is essential. 
Because he, unless you believe God is able, he really isn't able because you don't believe. Even though he is, your belief is, keeps you from what he is able to do. Whoa. It does. So what do you focus on? God's people need to be God's people believing that they are God's people because of God. Not because of you. You don't have faith in yourself. You have faith in him. You don't have faith in your abilities. You have faith in his abilities. I want to remind you guys of some things today. The, the scripture reminds us, and I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you of the most essential thing that you can know and understand about God. It's the message that he has given us called the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That message that he gave to us is the most essential thing. It's the beginning of our faith. It's what keeps us, it's what sustains us, it's what gets us through. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 5. So this message is entitled, Remembering the Good News. The good news is what saves you, folks. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We use the word gospel, but it literally just translates good news. That God has some good news for you. I know I needed that good news. I've been saved now. We add the numbers up this, uh, in the first service. So I don't have to go through that process. It's been 33 years. 33 years. I'm like, wow, where has the time gone? But God, but God, he has brought me through. He is that gospel. And I had no inkling. I wasn't raised in the church. People say, how'd you get to this place and doing the thing that you do? I said, God, because it definitely wasn't something I planned out to do. I had a football career and all this other stuff. But God had other plans for my life. But I had to say yes. As much as God may have and desire for you, you must say yes to his will, yes to his way. That's what activates it. God holds out his hand. He gives his promises. But until you activate it with your faith, with your belief that you got to believe in him and what he's able to do, you got to say yes. Yes, Lord, to your will. Yes, Lord, to your way. Yes, Lord, to your plans. Yes, Lord, to your purposes. Yes, Lord. Lead me, guide me, Jesus. And he'll do it. It's the good news. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the center of it. He is the fulfiller of it. He is the destiny of it. It says here in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 15, it says, now I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel which I have preached to you. So this is a reminder. We got to be reminded of the gospel. This is a good day to be reminded of the gospel, right? Come in and you're, 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 all your equipment has been stolen. This is a good day to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? I mean, if it ain't real, it ain't real. It's, if it's real, right, then you can smile. You can be encouraged. You can still be up. Why? Because you know, there's nothing God can't get you through. We're still here. You're still hearing the message. God is still glorified. Stuff comes and goes. Stuff will go. You're not going to keep any of it. This whole thing is going to go. This whole world, by the way, is going to go. You take nothing with you. So stuff is just stuff. Don't put your hope in your faith and don't let it crash your faith because your stuff 
gets messed with. Stuff is just stuff. But God is God. And his face, his purpose, the stuff he says, don't seek the things. Seek God, the things that come. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says. And then he says all these things, everything else gets added to it. It's an it's a addition to him. It's not the stuff when you get God, God is mixed in with the stuff. No, God is in front of the stuff. He is the provider of the stuff. He is not the stuff. Don't seek his hand, seek his face. Don't seek what he has, seek who he is. Amen? But that's, once again, faith and belief and trust and hope in who he is. He has accomplished it all for us. But we, we get tied in, folks. That's why it's, 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 not, it's something that you don't just come to church once and you got it. No, it's a process of growth and development. It's a process of maturing. It's a process. So if you are tied into stuff, if things happen, your faith is a little shipwrecked, that's okay. That's okay. We'll work through this, but let's, let's, let's begin to understand where our hope and our trust really needs to lie. And sometimes we got to keep going through that situation that God is trying to teach us. So why I keep going through this? Because you haven't learned the lesson yet. <laughs> when you learn the lesson, you can get off the roller coaster. <laughs> but until then, let's take another trip. <laughs> but we need to be reminded. Of the good news, which has been preached. And he's, still, he's talking to these brothers and sisters in Corinth. They already received the message. They already are believers. But they needed to be reminded of this message, this, this hope that God has given us, which we need every day. The gospel is not just an entry point. As he says, he said, look, which you have received, in which you now stand, in which you are being saved. Right? So he said, you receive it, you got to receive that good news, you got to believe it, you got to understand it, and receive what God is doing, what God has done for you. You now stand on that, it, in that standing, on that rock, on that truth of the hope of Jesus Christ, you're now being saved in that process. He said, you're being saved. But he puts this expectation. He says, if you hold fast to the word that was preached. See, this is all predicated on, once again, belief and unbelief. And we can struggle. Listen, we can struggle and we will struggle in our walk and our faith. Don't nobody, even the disciples, walking with Jesus himself right there in the first century, struggle. Even Jesus said, man, how long am I had to be with y'all? I mean, they, they were honest, like, they, they fighting for jockeying for position and stuff. Like, hey, hey, can my one sit on, my, on your left hand, and can I sit on your right hand? And they even, James and John, had their mama came over there. <laughs> their mama came and said, Jesus, my boys, you know my boys here. Can, can one sit on your left hand, one sit on your right hand? <laughs> they didn't get it. He said, woman, you don't know what you're asking for. So the struggle is real, folks. That's why you don't just come to church once, you get it, and you're done. That's why you keep showing up. Yes, amen? amen? Yes. 
That's why you keep walking it through. That's why you keep staying in your scriptures, staying in prayer, working it out, being disciple, being encouraged. And when you mess up and you will mess up, God doesn't throw you away. Let me give you an illustration. It's like having a baby, right? Baby poops on itself. You don't say, ugh, and throw the baby out, right? No, get to clean the baby up. God does that with us. <laughs> we spiritually poop on ourselves, right? And God don't throw us away. He cleans us up. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. That's where that illustration comes from. But God doesn't, look, he don't throw you away. He don't throw us away. When we mess up that, listen, you need to get that, get that really in your spirit. Because that's very important because a lot of times we think, you know, because we messed on ourselves, <laughs> God's done with us. No, get close to God. Get close to God. Let him take care of that. Let him clean you up like he always will. Just like a mama and a daddy cleans up the baby, God cleans us up, spiritually speaking. He's made it right for us through Jesus Christ. And we can get up and we can keep going. But that's why you keep showing up. Because God is going to make things right. He said, but you got to hold fast to that word. You got to understand that. You got to understand that truth. He says, unless you believed in vain. So he's talking about it's like when you hear people say, oh, Jesus. Now you know they ain't praying, they ain't calling out to God, they really not exercising any faith, they're just using his name in vain. And you may show up, you come to church, you may hear a message, but do you really believe? Is your belief founded in faith where there's an action, there's, there's tangibles to your faith that you really believe that God is able, that you really can smile in the midst of adversities? That you really do believe that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purposes. Those all things mean all things. Last time I checked, all things means everything. Means the good and the bad. The ups and the downs. The highs and the lows, the upside downs. God works all these things to good. So how does that work? Well, think about a battery in a car. Right? It has a negative charge and a positive charge. One without the other, the battery doesn't work. Ah. It takes both the negative and the positive to create the power for the car to go. The negative and the positive things that happen in life, God uses that for the power for your life. But he is that source. Right? And you got to believe that. That's why he says when all things work together for the good of those that love God. Once again, if you believe, do you believe that? Or is your belief really in vain? Do you really believe that you're forgiven in him or is it in vain? Do you really believe that you've been called and set apart or is it really in vain? Do you really believe that you, through Christ, you're able and you're more than a conqueror? That you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Do you really believe that? I'll give you a real powerful uh, illustration in scripture with the, uh, looking at uh, Judas and, and Peter. Both denied and for all practical purposes betrayed him. Both of them. 
So what was the difference when Judas is called the son of perdition? He didn't, even though Peter, even though Jesus called both of them, they said he was destined, son of perdition. Well, if you look through his situation, he was just along for the ride. He really didn't have faith or believe. He just was like in it for the things. He wasn't in it for God. He was in it for the things. Where Peter... He denied the Lord. But then remember, Peter is the one that asked Jesus about forgiveness. And he said, Lord, how many times should we forgive somebody? And see, the law said three times is, is the number. So that was the legal thing. And they knew Jesus wasn't dealing with anything legal. He was blowing all that stuff out the water, right? So Peter, doing the right math, he said, okay, he's thinking the law says three. So I'm going to double that and add one. So he, turned, he thinks through this and he says, Lord, seven times? Thinking Jesus is going to pat him on the back and, and say, man, Peter, you all right? He said, no. <laughs> Jesus says 70 times seven. And basically he's given a number that forgiveness is always extended. Period. Period. Because what I'm about to do is forgiving the sins of this world. And how much and how many times are you forgiven? You are infinitely forgiven. You are infinitely forgiven in me. So when Peter failed him and he failed him miserably, denied him with cursing, the Bible says, a little girl came up to him and he cussed him. I don't know, I don't know him, I don't know. <laughs> As he watched Christ be taken and tortured. And then that rooster crowed. He remembered the words of the Lord. He said, Peter, no matter how valiant you may think you are, you're going to deny me three times. I'm telling you it's going to happen. I'm telling you what you're going to do. He said, but when you, when you return, <laughs> strengthen your brother. See, that word he held on to. And even though they went through right what he said it was going to happen, right? Just like he said it was going to happen. He wept bitterly. He cried. and He, he remembered that word. He remembered that word. That's why he can get up and he can come back. That's why. That's why he understood he can come back. God forgives me. He didn't have to go ask. He understood because it's written. Christ told him, you are forgiven in him. There's no failure. Listen, folks, we need this because many will walk away because they really don't believe what God has spoken. But if you believe what God has spoken, you can and will get back up. You can and will get through whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever your situation. It's not over until it's over. Until it's all said and done. And that's when we, reach, that's when we get to glory. He says, look. Uh, you're being saved if you hold fast to that word unless you believe in vain. So that belief, you really believe. Believe and understand and trust. But, but God, but God is able. But God is able. But an acronym for believe, understand, and trust. Believe, understand, and trust that God 
will get you through. Believe and understand and trust no matter what you're facing. You will overcome this. Believe, understand, and trust. When your money is funny, God is still able. Believe and understand and trust. When your kids are acting crazy, God is still able. Believe, understand, and trust. No matter what's going on, believe, understand, and trust God will get you through. He says, unless you, so let not your belief be in vain. Don't be a, practice, a practical atheist as a Christian. Really not truly believing what God is able to do. That's what atheists, they don't believe in God. Therefore, their practices don't believe what God is able to do. But as a Christian, we can say we believe in God, but act like he really is not able. That's what the, the children of Israel were dealing with. They were focused on their being grasshoppers and not focused on what God has promised. What God is able to do. God brought them to that place, not to scare them, but to increase their faith. He let them see it. He let them see both the adversary and he let them see the promise. But what are you going to zone in on? God says, zone in on the promise. Because it's me who fulfills that promise. God is able. Believe, understand, and trust that God is able. He says, if you uh, have not believed in vain. So now he gives them the message of the gospel. He says, for I deliver unto you of first importance, which I also receive. Once again, the gospel is not something that you just receive to get saved. It's what you stand on. It's what you put your faith in. It's what saves you. It's what you need every day. We need to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, you need to be reminded of the gospel. Tomorrow, you will need to be reminded of the gospel. Two weeks after that, you will be, need to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the message of God. It is of first importance. We can go to seminary and get all the degrees and whatever, but the gospel still remains of first importance. No matter how far you get in life, no matter how much you, return, you mature as a Christian, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the of first importance. It's of second importance. It's of the last importance. It's the gospel that will take you from your deathbed to eternity. It is that message. There ne- is no other message that's more important than that message of the good news of Jesus Christ. No matter how far you get in your Christianity, if you're not holding on to that, what are you holding on to? There's no other theological understanding or principle or practice that you can get in your spirit that's not more important than this message right here. That's why he's reminding them And that's why today, Southridge, I need to remind you. God sent me here to remind you of that. That's the message. People need to hear that from you today. That's the message of truth. That's the message of hope. That's everything in which we put our faith and our trust in. He says, unless you, uh, a first important, which I've also received, that Christ died for our sins. He did it. It's his work, his work on the cross. Nothing that you did. We're saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ alone. 
is his work on the cross. He died for the sins of the world, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is that hope. This is that message. This is that good news that Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures, it was written, written about him that he would do these things. There's over 29 prophetic scriptures that talk about that Jesus would be betrayed by a friend, that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, that he will be forsaken by his disciples, accused by false witnesses. Does that sound familiar by anybody with anyone? That the Messiah would be mute before his accusers. He wouldn't say anything when being falsely accused. I wish I was more like that. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with that a little bit, Micaiah. I, I tell you, you know, I got to keep showing up too, folks. I need that gospel. That he was wounded, wounded and bruised, crushed for our iniquities, punished. So the Bible says the punishment that brought him peace, that brought us peace, was upon him. That by his stripes, we, his children, his people, are healed. He did that work. He died according to the scriptures. This is not something that was made up. This is not something that Paul just came up with. This is something that he received, that the disciples received, that this church has received, that we receive today. That I received, that Micaiah has received, that we all receive this message. There's no one greater than this message. It comes from the Son of God himself. He was wounded and bruised. He was struck and spat upon. He was mocked. He was scorned. His hands and his feet were pierced. It's all written in scripture. All these things that said it would happen to him, happened to him on our behalf. Of first importance that he died according to the scriptures. And then he was buried. And the Bible says he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Once again, written is the resurrection power. That's the power for our lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ, Bible says in Romans, for it is, I, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. You realize the gospel, no, nothing else in scripture is called the power of God, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says it is the power of God. The, the creation is not the power of God. The universe is not the power of God. The creation of humanity is not the power of God. All that he has created is nothing, a tsunami, a, a volcano. None of that is called the power of God. But the gospel is the power of God that will, that will raise these lowly bodies from death. That is the ultimate hope. We're being saved, but we will die. But the hope in death is the resurrection and Jesus being the first fruit of that resurrection gives us that hope. But once again, do you believe it? <laughs> you have to believe that God is able for God to be able in your life. That's not a necessary activation because God is able, but without your belief, you won't have trust. You won't have faith. And though God is able, God is not able because you don't believe he's able. Though God is able, 
He says, so, so your, 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 your faith, your belief, he says, don't let it be in vain. Don't just say I believe without really exercising belief. Don't say you believe without living like you believe. Don't say you serve God and really don't serve God. Don't say you believe and trust in God when you really don't act like you believe and trust in God. We run around like Chicken Little with our head cut off. The sky is falling, the sky. Well, you can't really say that if your head cut off, right? So never mind. That doesn't work well. But the point is, we run around frantically. You know, Makai, when I came in, Makai smiled. Like, yeah, our equipment got stolen today. Amen. <laughs> he didn't say, oh, man, yeah, our equipment, it's, going, it's a horrible day. I'm sorry, man, you had to show up and we don't have a good equipment. You know, we had to brawl stuff and everything. I'm sorry about that. No. God is good. Because that's faith. That's what faith looks like. Right? Faith really looks like that, even in the midst of trials. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. He says, what? Anyway, by worrying, Jesus says, who can add a moment to your life? Who can add an inch to your height? Worry don't do anything. Some people will argue, some Christians will argue, it's not, it's not realistic not to worry. It's not realistic not to worry, but it's also not realistic as a Christian to worry where that just overwhelms you, where you refuse to come out of that, where even when the word of God won't bring you out of that, where you just want to stay there and live there. That's a vain belief. And he says, he says if you, these things, and going back to verse 2, he says, you received it, you stand on it, you're being saved by it, if you hold fast to it, unless you believed in vain. So he's putting it out there too, unless you really don't believe. So there has to be something tangible, but it's, it's the power. it is the power. It is the power. God wants to encourage you. Hold on to that message. It is his power. To change and transform not just you, but your situation, your circumstances as well. It says these scriptures point this out that he was buried and raised again on the third day. The resurrection is the power of God. It says, and he appeared to Cephas. And I want to close here because remember, I gave you the illustration of Peter and Judas. And so Peter. Went through what he went through, denied the Lord. But God was intentional to appear to him. So I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. It's going to be all right. I got you. Just get up. Dust yourself off. You need some good news? I done did it all for you. You need some good news? I, I, I'll take care of it. Just, just follow. Just follow me. Just get up and start walking again. Oh, you need to rest? Okay, let's rest. Take a break. But you don't stay there. God's people always get up. We're going to get up. We're going to get up. We're going to keep going. God is taking us a journey. You are a follower. I know you like following people on Twitter, Instagram, and everything else. Follow Jesus. Follow him. He won't, he won't check you off. He won't kick you out. He won't cancel you. Follow him. Be his follower. He's taking us somewhere.
He's given us a good message, message of hope, message of destiny. He is able. He said, Peter, I got you. There's nothing you can do. You can't ever go too far. Dude, but do you believe that? The word is his word. It's powerful. He is more than able. He's the conqueror of the world. He's the creator of the universe. He's the one that gave us our, our, our fingerprints. He's the one that numbered the hair, hairs, hairlessness of our heads. No pun, brother. I got you. God is able. He knows it all. Have faith, trust, believe. That's the good news. Be reminded of that today. Amen. As the worship team comes to the stage, can I ask you to stand with me, would you? I'm so grateful and thankful you're here to hear that message. I don't have a clue what you're going through, but I know you're going through stuff. I had a former pastor. He would always say this. He would always say, you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. But no matter what, there's always storms. So maybe you needed this message today, or maybe you're going to need it on Wednesday. But this is a message. You, you take notes. We're going to put this on the podcast and on YouTube, and you get that one saved away because you're going to need it. If you didn't need it today, you're going to need it. I know I needed it. So right now, what we like to do is we like to make a time where we can interact with God. We worship, we listen to the message, but then there needs to be a time where we just say, you know what, God, I need to get some things right with you. I need to rededicate my life to you. I need to seek you. And so we're going to give you a space to do that. Our worship team, they're going to lead us in a final song. But before they do that, we have something called an invitation. And this is where some of you, you say, hey, I've been away from God and I need to come back to God. There may be some you're hearing about the gospel. And you're like, what is the gospel? I, I don't know what that is. Well, in short, it's actually a term that derived in the military. You say, what do you mean? You see, what would happen was uh, uh, a messenger would be sent back and say, gospel, good news. We won good news. Jesus has the ultimate good news that he conquered sin, death, and the grave that give us eternal life. You see, here's the thing people don't know. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going. Not everybody's staying. Everybody's going. Your soul is eternal. That's the eternal part about you. We're all going to get a new body one day. But our soul is eternal. And it's going to spend eternity somewhere. Have you ever thought about where? In this life, Pastor Port said, in this life you get to pick. The next life you don't get to pick. So in this life we say, hey, there's the gospel. Good news. Jesus died for me. He rose again for me. So I'm going to receive that. So here, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, forgive you of your sins, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Would you, would you, let's have us all bow our heads and close our eyes. Because sometimes we like a little privacy. But you say, hey, Makai, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. I've never done that, but I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart. You say, that's you. Would you slip up your hand and say, I want to do that. Anybody like that today? You heard the message. Anybody? Well, 
If you say, yes, I want to receive Christ in my heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud, but you pray it in your head. And you pray this little prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I can't pay the penalty of my sin. Because the Bible says the way to sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I want that gift of God. That gift is the good news, the gospel that saves our soul. So right now you say, Lord, I want to receive that gospel. I understand you died for me. I repent of my sin and I want to receive you into my heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand so we can celebrate with you? Anybody like that? Oh, praise the Lord. Let's celebrate with those. We have two people raise their hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, today's your spiritual birthday. We had three people this past week that had a birthday. Dinah had a birthday on Thursday. It was her birthday. My brother-in-law, he had a birthday. Margaret had a birthday. We had a bunch of birthdays. Today's a spiritual birthday, and we're going to celebrate that. Well, right now, if you say, hey, I want to come forward, I want to pray, you can slip out of your seat during this worship time, and you can receive Christ as your Savior, or you can have somebody pray with you, or you need prayer over something. I'll be right down front. I'd love to pray with you. So, worship team, would you lead us in one last song? Thank you again for spending time with us today, and a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.